This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks for joining us. We have another pop talk episode here for you, and we get into a few subjects. And the last one is probably the most involved one we've had (laughs) on a pop talk because it's our favorite SNL sketches, which if you think of your favorite sketches from that show, a million are going to come to mind, and that's exactly what happened to us. Before we jump into that, I do want to mention that you got to subscribe to our Comedy Lifestyle newsletter. It's free, it drops on Mondays, and it offers a lot of tips, not only for comedy, but for your life in general, for health, and a lot of suggestions that I think are useful. So check that out, link in bio. All right, let's get right to it. Here's my pop talk chat with brother of the show, Trey, and best friend of the show, Rob. All right, fellas, thanks for coming back and doing another pop talk episode. Uh, We have brother of the show, Trey, back with us, and one of the best friends of the show, Rob, back with us. Uh, Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So did you guys see Psych, the, the new Psych movie psych two lassie come home yeah they made me peek they made me get that peacock i went ahead and, and did it <laughs> they had to they had to i was like i don't really care about all the other stuff on peacock but yeah i i, I downloaded it just to watch that <laughs> same i uh definitely wanted to check it out and when they when i heard that it was going to be on peacock i was like guess i'm gonna have to get peacock so i uh because it I don't have cable anyway, so it's actually better. <laughs> uh, hopefully some more stuff will get on Peacock. I'm on board with Peacock. Uh, I'm, I have switched from watching Fallon on, uh, when I'm watching old episodes that I'm catching up on. Uh, I'm, I switched from NBC.com to Peacock. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of on board with Peacock. But let's talk Psych Movie real quick. I thought it was yeah. great. I thought it was really back to form had a lot of really mm-hmm. solid stuff in it and some new bits yes and mm-hmm. it actually it had some really great a little bit dirtier than it usually <laughs> yeah. is not like too dirty but like just dirty i was like nice like <laughs> i don't know i guess they were like well we can go a little bit more pg-13 with this and yeah. so i enjoyed that and then he had like a really great reference to lapita from us yeah. and i was like oh, oh god that was, that was a funny so line. Good, it was yeah. so good, and I was yeah. I, I also enjoyed the uh, self-referential reference, like they did on the oh. show. Whenever they would reference the Mentalist, because mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. a takeoff of of Psych in a way, and so they did the Million Little Things reference. <laughs> yeah, which James us. Rodriguez, James Rode Rodriguez, is on now. Right, of right. I thought that was a really funny line too. So, uh, folks, if you haven't checked that out, then get Peacock. You can get it for free and watch this, uh, yes. and 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 join us in enjoying 
delicious flavor mm-hmm. of comedy. Oh, it, the other thing I'd add, though, is Tim, Timothy yeah. Edmondson. This was his first performance since his stroke. In, uh, yeah, a massive stroke that he had. Mm-hmm. Massive stroke. He did a phenomenal job. He did, and his voice was back. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. I was very the, happy to see that. In the, in the first movie, he had that little bit of a cameo, and it was so painful because you could tell how hard it was for him to speak. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought he did a really great job, and they did a really good job of weaving it in and making an interesting story about it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was, yeah, I, I thought it was very tasteful and a great way to bring him back. Yeah, I loved it. It was really good, and I think um, there are a couple of moments that had me like tearing up. I think like towards the end, I was like, "Is Psych about to make me cry right now?" <laughs> That's never. Yeah, happened. when he got up out of the wheelchair and started yeah. walking. Spoilers. For anyone who hasn't watched, well, that's what I, they get. Yeah, if yeah. they didn't watch, exactly. <laughs> you should be watching. Not a huge spoiler. It's not like it was. It was a nice moment, but in real life, the man is walking. You can see yeah. that on his Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he was actually still in the act of trying to learn how to relearn to walk and speak and all of that. So they were rewriting the movie mm-hmm. around what he could do. Right. Mm. But he's in better shape now in real life than he was mm-hmm. when he filmed that movie. So, yeah. um, good for him. You know what? More power to him, and uh, we we wish him all the best. Absolutely. And uh, we have a couple other topics we want to chat about. We, of course, uh, as mentioned in the bio, we're going to talk about our favorite SNL sketches, and <laughs> that's a doozy. But before we get to that, <laughs> we do want to talk about... Going to the movie theater again. There are some states, like my home state, that are just fully opening up. They're just opening Mm. everything up, including theaters. People have been talking about movies, how the movie industry has been hit ever since COVID-19 hit. And what's going to change? And I'm curious what it's going to take for you to go back to a movie theater. Because I do think this is going to change the industry and maybe even change what movies you go to the theater for. Uh, Trey, we'll start with you. What will it take for you to go back to the movie theater to watch a movie? I don't really have a good answer for that because I don't know. I mean, I uh, so I'm traveling on the East Coast doing the sheltering at home on the East Coast. And I when I was in Raleigh, I met up with a friend at a restaurant. And they were following all the rules and everything. And the entire time, I was anxious, looking around, wondering what the hell I was doing sitting there. Mm-hmm. And and after that experience, I can't imagine being comfortable anytime in the near term going into any sort of setting like that. Uh, so, I, you know, whenever things start opening back up and feeling somewhat comfortable for me, it, it's got to be like a big event movie. Uh, it's not like this movie I, I am interested in, but it'd be nice to catch it. Now that'll be for streaming. Mm-hmm. It'll have to be something that's got massive spoilers that I can't afford to wait on because it'll get ruined for me. So we're talking about like Avengers level mm-hmm. type thing, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, the MCU isn't releasing any of those anytime soon and neither are the other, uh, studios with similar type movies. So. I don't know. Uh, mm. Unless I can get in a, a bubble and, and sit in the theater <laughs> in the bubble, I don't see it happen soon. Right. Rob, what about you? Yeah, that's hard because, you know, like 
my wife and I were expected baby number two in September. And it's such a hard choice because, I mean, obviously we're not doing anything because she's pregnant. But, I mean, you know, like I'm personally someone who goes to the movies by himself all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's been hard for me because I'll go see pretty much anything I want to. And I, I you know, and I, I see what Trey's saying about going to see an event movie. But for me, it's always been about like I'd rather, you know, like the times I enjoyed the theater the most last year was like Ready or Not, that movie. I thought that mm-hmm. movie was awesome, or Knives Out, even though it was a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily the big tentpole movies. So I, that's the kind of stuff I'd like to go see because I like to support more movies like that. But you know, I think the only thing that could get me out is Tenant, and right. they're really going back and forth about whether they're going to release Tenant. But it's going to have to be like social distance, and I don't know if I really want to go to a theater that's serving concessions. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather it be a theater that says no concessions, and um, you know that you're just going to watch the movie, which sucks because you know the best part of watching a movie is is a coke and a popcorn. Right. So it's paying uh, eight hundred dollars yeah. for yeah a medium sized <laughs> coke. You know, I'm definitely not going to use those straws that are just like. Open straws, just you know, they just press that little lever and it comes down. I mean, that's not it's not in a wrapper or anything like that. Definitely not going to use those straws. Yeah, you know, um, I'm with you all. I don't know exactly what it would take, but you know, I'm hearing what people are doing for certain situations. Like Dave Chappelle did that special, (laughs) and he was he had he had people separate, you know, like six feet apart, and they were taking temperatures. Definitely taking temperatures would be a good thing to add in there, but you would have to limit how many people would be in the theater. Mm-hmm. Is that even a viable thing for the for the movie theaters? Would that mean ticket prices would go up? Maybe. Uh, yeah, concessions, not a great idea because, yeah, I could see them make it, but it's an open space. And so mm-hmm. everyone's walking through there. Uh, you know, I, I don't trust other people enough for that. And mm-hmm. I've very much been a middle row, middle seat type mm-hmm. of movie goer and hated it when people wanted to sit in the back row. But that would be the first thing I would want to do to just be kind of away. If I could just sit in that back middle seat, I would I could do that if if it meant no one was behind me sneezing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the middle, the middle middles where you're going to catch all the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. You know, so one, thing I've thought, one thing I've thought about too is, is it, are they working on improving drive-in theaters? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know a lot of places they're popping up more and people are trying to do that more. And, you know, obviously the, the film going experience is not the same. Right. But I wonder if, if, if there are like, regal or or amc are looking at options like that where they can improve um a drive-in type of situation um because i you know i i would definitely love to go see stuff at at the drive-in yeah i think it'd be a lot of fun um i've never really done it yeah same and it was such a big deal for however many decades that yeah yeah and i mean you could catch a double feature or something and Mm um you know you know they could definitely get an old library movie out and have something newer but uh i i I doubt like uh tenant would be very good because you know that movie is only Mm going to be good in the imax Mm -hmm. but uh you know there's a lot of movies i think that could definitely work on the screen like that it's probably just the sound 
the sound's yeah. just not going to be as good as when you're in a, a real theater. I think they, they at some places, do a speaker in the car. Mm. Oh, there's some mm-hmm. sort of thing. There's some way to make the technology work better for that. And I do think, so there's something years ago that Steven Spielberg said that one day going to, he thinks one day going to the movie theater is going to be like going to the opera or a mm-hmm. musical on Broadway or something where the tickets are going to be expensive and it's not going to be something you do as often just because he saw how televisions were changing. Yeah. I think this might push things. He obviously wasn't anticipating this. I'm sure some person who believes in deep state conspiracy theories yeah. uh, <laughs> thinks that he, he even he knew way back then, 15, 20 years yeah. ago when he said this. But no, I do funny. see a few things changing in the industry. Number one, I think televisions, I mean, we already have a bunch of... Mm-hmm. People you, people you know might even have like a 70-inch television. So they're going to start getting bigger and people are going to stay home more because they can. I think we're also going to see more Netflix stuff because, you, you know, you, we were talking recently about Extraction on Netflix. I mean, that's an action movie and we were willing to see that on our home televisions. Uh, a Tenet is definitely a type of movie that you would go to see in IMAX or on a really big screen, but you could see an action movie and enjoy it from the comforts of your home. Like, we're proving yeah. that. And then I think the other thing that we're going to start seeing, at least I hope, are the medium-budget movies that have kind of died. Because yeah. those medium-budget movies were dramas, and since people wanted to see action or superhero movies, they weren't getting made so much. Like people were writing them, but people, you know, studios weren't making them. I think we're going to start seeing those get made more because they're cheaper and people are more willing to watch those on television than they would a tenant. And that's just like a, a bunch of money they're eating because they can't put out Wonder Woman. 84 or Top Gun or Top Gun yeah, or or James Black Bond Widow. Black Widow like they're the, the, yeah. those movies those are the movies you want to see in a big screen mm-hmm. uh, you don't necessarily you'll, you'll if, if push comes to shove we will watch those on our 65 inch television screens but we would prefer to see them on the big screen but a drama with some great actors that we like, yeah, we'll, we'll we have time to kill. We'll watch that. I think we're gonna start seeing movies like that get made yeah. more, which would be a mm-hmm. good thing. Yeah, the only thing I worry about too is just there's got to be um, a bottom or, or a ceiling for how much money Netflix has. So obviously they're throwing a lot of money to creators right now. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, you've got. I mean, we're gonna have a David Fincher movie. Um, an Aaron Sorkin movie, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's a Charlie Kaufman, and then obviously you know the uh, the Five Bloods or Death oh, Five that Bloods. was great. Yeah, and I mean that was a you know that, that I would have definitely seen that in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, there's really good movies just on Netflix alone, right. and then you know, and obviously the movie of the summer is gonna I think is uh, is Palm Springs. Oh yeah, and, I thought you were gonna say the Kissing Booth too. <laughs> no palm springs is the one that's getting everyone's attention right now i really want to see that but i have to wait until justina comes back home oh yeah girlfriend of the show 
Yeah, I think uh, to your point about the the ceiling of throwing money to creators, I think where Netflix in particular is going to have to adjust is not just throwing money to everybody mm-hmm. and and not because there are a lot of things that TV shows in particular that'll get canceled and you hear about the cancellation before you've ever heard that it existed. <laughs> and and yeah. so, you know, being smarter with that is is where they're probably going to have to redo their finances. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's insane how much money these networks have to greenlight so many shows and cancel the vast yeah. majority of them. Like, ABC did that a couple years ago, I think, where they there were so many shows that they greenlit, and then they never saw the light of day except yeah. for a couple or something like that. I don't remember the specific details, but it was some sort of – it was a number that made people go, what the hell is well, going I mean, they're, on? They're all desperate. You know, they're all desperate for another Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that, you know, you've seen a lot of, like, Apple trying to buy stuff to, to mm-hmm. position themselves there. And mm-hmm. they've got, you know, they've got quality movies coming out, too. I mean, I, I have not, I don't have Apple, um, so, but I really want to get it just to watch the new Tom Hanks movie, which probably mm-hmm. would have been an awesome World War II movie to see in the theater, too. Right. So, but, yeah, so there's a lot of options coming to streaming that would have been the movies we would have seen this time of year. Um and more of the adult style movies for the fall, but yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot to get me back into a theater. Yeah, same, same, same. Uh, in regards to what you're talking about, though, with the type of stuff that people are putting out, I feel like Netflix. Uh, while I agree they need to clamp it down a little bit, I think they are trying to cast a really wide net as far as what audiences are out there, and that is a smart move. Because while something may not end up being the biggest thing, it could hit with a particular audience and keep that mm-hmm. audience having Netflix subscriptions. So that makes sense, but I want to see quality. Like, whoever yeah, it's for, and, yeah. make quality. That's the key. You don't want it to be junk. And then on top of that, if you're trying right. to cast oh, a wide net... <laughs> but the but the other thing is if you're wanting to cast a wide net and i do agree with that strategy because niche can make you money right uh, you actually have to promote to that niche you can't just like put it on there Mm -hmm. and expect people to find it and and then cancel it and that's the first time anyone's heard about it right yeah yeah and I find like the stuff that I've liked the most on Netflix have been the smaller stuff like um, Set It Up or uh, uh, Always Be My Maybe. Some of mm. those rom coms they've yeah. done. I, I mean, I loved Extraction. I thought that ruled. But I thought like Six Underground was terrible. <laughs> it's just I did not like. I like Triple Frontier. I thought that was great. Yeah, I um, like Triple Frontier. I did feel that like Extraction and Triple Frontier hit a lot of the same beats as far as themes were concerned but it's got great actors so you know i I know i didn't mind that it's weird they went from like you know like they've got like the i mean obviously like i loved um what's his name glenn powell that's in um set it up i love that guy um Mm. but you know he's he's not really a a, like a chris hemsworth so it's shocking when you (laughs) see oh man there's a new movie with chris hemsworth or there's a new movie with Ryan Reynolds on on Netflix. That's crazy. Like, I mean, right. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro made a movie on Netflix. 
Yeah, I mean, like, there's so much stuff that's that's it's going around, you know. And then like, Uncut Gems was kind of a Netflix. It wasn't like super Netflix official, but it was uh, overseas. I think they had more of a deal mm-hmm. uh, than here. But um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they're putting out, and then there's stuff that's like, oh, what's that? <laughs> and and my question is, when it's junk, how long do you leave it on the service? Just forever? forever. Can they, can they really just do that if they it's not it. good and it, no one liked it? I mean, I guess Old Guard's going to be up there for a while. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen Blink, and I I don't think I'll ever see Blink. I heard nothing good about that. Yeah, you all, you two are somehow managing to watch way more stuff than I am, so I, I'm behind on all of that. Stuff. I don't know. I'm behind on all the stuff that you send me emails about. When, when you when you've got a wife that falls asleep at like eight thirty at night, and you've got an <laughs> iPad, you can do whatever you want. So you know, <laughs> I sacrifice a lot of sleep when my three year old wakes up. But yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot just because COVID. You know, like yeah. I, I wouldn't be seeing ninety percent of the stuff I've watched if it wasn't for that. Just because I'm home a hundred percent of the time now, whereas yeah. before every night I was out probably. Okay, next topic. Uh, let's talk about the Emmy nominations. I know some of these are out, but we just want to make a couple of highlights here about some great things that happened uh, in the comedy uh, Emmy world. Uh, so, outstanding comedy series. We have uh, Kirby Enthusiasm which had a really solid season. Dead to Me, which is mm-hmm. a really solid show. Insecure, Shit's Creek, which ended its run. Same with The Good Place, which also was nominated. The Kaminsky Method, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and What We Do in the Shadows. So I don't know. I cannot handicap this. There are too many good shows out there, and it's hard to really know what's going to win uh, out of those. Um, Maisel. That's probably the one because it seems like that's where the Emmy voters tend to go for is that yeah. kind of prestige. That probably thing. is. <clears throat> I could see it being Curb Your Enthusiasm or Dead to Me because I've heard more buzz about Dead to Me this last season of shows yeah. than uh, than I, the others. I, I, A show. I, uh, I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rob. Well, I was just gonna say this. Maisel has so much hype and it's won so much. Exactly. Before. Yeah. It just feels like you know it's it, 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 the, the last season was pretty solid again. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. You, you two both are using the word solid, and that's fine. That's a good show if it's solid. Mm-hmm. The Good Place was excellent. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm I, not saying it. I, I would yeah. say that The Good Place is the best, but... Yeah. But so, and yeah, so I, I mean, I agree with you with, with where I think is the Emmy win's going to go. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. But obviously, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think it's going to get a lot of attention just regardless because it is such a well put together show but -hmm. for this last season i heard more buzz around dead to me curb your enthusiasm in the good place so those would be my dark horses did you see the the curb when he was wearing the maga hat to get out of trouble or like (laughs) i didn't see that one it's so funny no i did see about it i didn't see the episode yet Uh, no that's pretty good it's great And you're not um, caught up on the good place yet, right? Correct. But I so do I know it's a brilliant anything. season. Um, yeah. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy. You have Christina Applegate for Dead to Me. You have Rachel uh, Brosnahan for, if that's the correct pronunciation, for The Marvelous, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> Linda Cardellini, Catherine O'Hara, Issa Rae, and Tracy Ellis Ross. And um, again, I mean, it's 
it probably is going to be Rachel, but it could be. It could be Catherine O'Hare. It, it, yes. <laughs> it could also be Christina Applegate or Linda Cardellini. It really. I or Issa Rae. You know what? It could be Tracy Ellis <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she Did she win the Golden Globe or did she win the Emmy? I don't recall. Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah, she just won an award, I felt like. It might yeah. be the Emmy. Um, yeah, I, I'm. this is a tough one because there's so much buzz around each of them. But mm-hmm. um, I would just say yeah. how much Schlitz Creek is uh, yeah. beloved. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. like, and Catherine O'Hare probably, deserves acknowledgement. Yeah, I felt like they probably would acknowledge her. Um, but again, they might just give it to Maisel again. So Yeah. And, then <laughs> and this Lidak- is one where, well, what I was going to say about this one is, and, and j- just as a preface, I don't think anyone can use the word snub if they can't say who should come off the list. Right. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. So I can't say Kristen Bell was snubbed because I don't watch enough of those other shows to know who I think should come off. But Kristen Bell is, is wow. Yeah. She's amazing. She really is great. There are just so many that I feel Mm -hmm. like in, the history of the Emmys, when it comes to supporting actor in a comedy categories and either lead or supporting actress in a comedy, it was like anyone's choice. Like anyone was good. There are other people who are also great who could have been nominated who weren't. It You could never tell who was going to win because talent was so stacked. And it's definitely true. Like Kristen Bell is someone else who's like great how did you know like how did she got not get mentioned because there were six other people who were great too mm-hmm. you know it's it's hard and i uh, think with kristen bell one thing that i think is worthy of mentioning of her mm-hmm. is it's not just the obvious stuff with her acting it's it, there's so much subtlety going on and i'll use a season one example since you're you're actually caught up on that but early on before the group were actually friends with each other and uh, Kristen Bell's character was trying to figure out how to get out of, I forget exactly what the scene was, if, if she was trying to get out of something or still trying to get in good graces. But she realized she needed to befriend Tahani and ask mm-hmm. her help. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you saw her come up with the idea, non-verbally, you saw her on her face register the idea, how it's a great idea, then the her face dropped because she realized that means I need to be friends with Tahani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she perked back up because a little bit because she realized, well, I got to suck it up because it's going to work. Yeah. And it, and it's all of that stuff going on without a single word being exchanged. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's, she's, th- she's, that's a really good point to uh, note because I've noticed that about other actors like Robert Downey Jr. is really great at stuff like that. And that's the sort of mm-hmm. thing that is really, really hard to act. Yeah. Um, lead actor in a comedy, we have uh, Anthony Anderson, Don Cheadle, Ted Danson, Michael Douglas, Eugene <laughs> Levy, and Rami Youssef. Um, another tough one that could go to a few of the of those no, people because they might Douglas. leave. But it'll go to Michael Douglas. Douglas he's a movie star. Uh, yeah, I, can I know. See that. I don't know. He's you don't think Ted uh, Ted Danson with his history has a chance? Ted Danson he or should. Eugene Levy? I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? I, I, Don uh, Cheadle's also a movie star, you know. So, yeah, but yeah, but he's black, know. Jason. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, just honest, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be real about this. 
Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Um, yeah. There's a star power thing that can really uh, help someone win. I don't know yeah. with, in this category who might get it because I, I don't know seen, who's gotten more Rami. buzz. I haven't seen any of Rami's. I've seen really... commercials. Yeah, I, um, I mean, and, and I've watched a little bit of Black Monday, but I didn't keep watching. I don't know why. I don't I think. Been, I don't think yeah, it'll be Cheadle. I think. Um, I think it could be Douglas. But I also think my dark horses for that would be Ted Danson or Eugene Levy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to mention that Maya Rudolph, who mm-hmm. is amazing, has three Emmy nominations. One for voice actor because of her work in Big Mouth. And two others uh, for guest <coughs> appearance in a comedy. One for being Kamala Harris on SNL. And... The other for the good place as the judge. Yeah, she's again one of the greatest of all time. She deserves all the awards all do the time. Think, do you think like they're watching like who's Biden gonna pick? Because it's like who is Maya gonna come back to play? Because <laughs> it's like at this. Point, I mean, except for if it's Elizabeth Warren. But I mean, you know, I I guess she could definitely be Susan Rice. She could definitely yeah. be Val Demings. Um, I don't yeah, know obviously Stacey it could Abrams. be Stacey Abrams, she might not be able to do. I don't nah, know. They, they probably to, have... Uh, have find, I'll have to find somebody for that. But. Yeah, yeah, they, they probably they have Ego do, do a couple of those. That'd but be you know nice, because I love Ego she's so like, much. She she, want, she wants Kamala so bad. That, yeah. Like, I, wanna, and, I want Kamala so bad uh, to be the uh, VP pick. Um, yeah. Outstanding... What's that? I thought you were a Warren guy. I am a Warren guy. I think... For his purposes here, Warren would be better on the administration um, uh, than uh, VP. Um, So, outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series, Andre Brower for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Mahershala (laughs) Ali, Kenan Thompson, Daniel Levy, William Jackson Harper, I was in The Good Place, Alan Arkin, Steve. Uh, Sterling K. Brown for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Tony Shalhoub for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Again, it's almost a toss-up. I'm going to pull for Keenan, but there's so many good people on this list. I kind of also would like Andre Brower to, uh, to I love get. Andre Brower. He's so yeah. good in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I actually think this and supporting actress in a comedy are the two of, if not the two, most competitive fields. Mm. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I could see that for sure. And uh, outstanding supporting actress, since we mentioned it, uh, Betty Gilpin for Glow, mm. Yvonne Orji for Insecure. I don't, even, I don't know if that's how she pronounces it. Uh, Kate McKinnon and Cecily Strong. I love that they both. They're so, both so great. Uh, Annie Murphy for Schitt's Creek. Darcy Carden for The Good Place, who I heard a lot of people talk about how amazing she was this year. And both she should have won last year. Yeah. And uh, two more from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Alex Borstein, and she's, Marin she's Hinkle. And yeah, they like people on that show are just crushing it. And um, I also want to talk. You know, we can't not talk about the variety shows. So outstanding yeah. variety talk series, Daily Show, Full Frontal, Jimmy Kimmel, Last Week Tonight, and Late Show were all nominated. I was disappointed that Seth Meyers didn't get mm-hmm. some love. I also still want Conan to get some love, but you know, I, I get it. People maybe, you know, because he's not doing political stuff, 
He's just not getting the attention right now. It's the same reason Fallon isn't. But I feel yeah, like I Seth Meyers is doing such a good job. But that's, yeah, that's the thing. That's a tough if, one. If, if they give a lot more credit these days to people who are doing political, how does Seth not get not it? Because I think it. he's the yeah. best right now. Really? Really? <laughs> um, outstanding yeah, the stuff variety. He's doing from home is ridiculous. It's so good. He's it, it, well, yeah. I think he should get more attention than he's getting. Uh, yeah. Outstanding variety sketch series, a black lady sketch show. Very glad that they got nominated, but unfortunately that uh, it's unfortunate that Sherman Showcase didn't get it. And if I don't know, maybe Documentary Now doesn't isn't in the same count. category. It's more of a- comedy series yeah and maybe they also missed a cutoff there drunk history and snl and uh it's interesting that it's just those three that's what i was about to say how is it only three when everything else is like eight right yeah eight deep right who do you think's gonna win variety sketch because people every year i think it's gonna be snl because they had eddie murphy they had such a like big year they knocked it out yeah but despite that i mean it's every year with the saturday night dead stuff and yeah, uh, but they won. But I do think they not are. too long ago. Yeah, um, I think they have a good chance of winning. I think they had a solid year, and they yeah. had such a good year. Um, I think he said Eddie Murphy alone because every yeah. sketch that night was great. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Oh my god! And then uh, also, I want to mention writing for a variety series. You have Daily Show, Full Frontal, Last Week Tonight, Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and getting some love, much-needed love, deserved love, late night with Seth Meyers. Which is what happens. They get nominated for Best Writing, but they don't get nominated for Show, and I just think that's absurd. It's like, hey, Seth, you wrote really well, but you didn't say it good. (laughs) (laughs) You don't talk good. The stuff that you wrote was so good, but the content on the show, not the best. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, I think both awards are going to go to... uh, John Oliver, I just feel like probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's like the uh, new John Stewart <laughs> with and Daily it's not Show, fair. and he'll say it's not fair because he gets a week to write a show, right? So you know what he does is is not as hard as some of the other ones. I can see Seth winning writing. Yeah, yeah. I certainly think he deserves. He it. He should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you look at the stuff Amber Ruffin does. Oh gosh. And, and, She's, and I the stuff um, I'm blanking on the other one. The, the Jennifer Hagel. J- yeah, the yeah. joke Seth can't tell. Uh, those two so are just good. That's such a good. <laughs> and those public service good. announcement bits. Whereas the lady but, sitting around. I mean, it, closer look is probably the best um, breakdown you could have. Yeah. 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 It's really yeah, good, it's, and it's I I do I like the approach that they take with a closer look. I think it I yeah. think it works, and um, I I don't know. And it works so, great on YouTube. So yeah, oh yeah. And there was one that the, I don't know if you watched it yet, Jason, but I texted you one from a couple nights ago because of how ridiculous it was <laughs> in a, in a good way. Because one of the things Seth is doing at home is talking about how his hair is growing, and he'll do these bits. Like from between scenes of of his hair growth and everything, and he made uh-huh. references. It, this was the time that they were talking about the demon sperm. I haven't uh, watched that lady. one yet. I watched a different one. I was just catching up. Okay, and, I'll try uh, to say it in a way to not spoil it. <laughs> but it, because of the reference to demon sperm, 
he would he said it reminds me of this and he he threw back to an old SNL sketch and he did an impersonation and then started talking about the hair length and then closed the closer look as a callback to that. Okay. And it was, <laughs> I mean, given that we're talking about SNL in this <laughs> particular podcast is perfect reference. I mean, it was just the, the greatest <laughs> way to close out a closer look. We have so much to talk about with SNL yeah. coming up. Hey, that's uh, called a segue. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on on that note. Uh, but we do have the final topic, and it's going to cover a lot. And I, I never could figure out how to make an actual top ten. So here's what we're talking about: our individual favorite SNL sketches. And there are just so many that come to mind. And then you do a little research, and you're like, oh yes, I love that one too. So you end up having like a, a list of. I don't even know how many of this is. Uh, 30? No, it's not that many. Uh, but a lot. I've got a lot. Were either of you able to make a top 10? I made a top 20, and I've got uh, nine honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. If you ask me to do it again next week, some of these might be different. Right. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Do you have How uh, many do you have? I think I went with five because mm -hmm. it was so hard. Rob, since you have five that you mentioned you want to mention those first well i mean i can wax poetically about a couple of them i you know <laughs> i mean i could probably go to number one <laughs> just because it's easy to talk about and i'm pretty sure if it's not on your list we're not best friends anymore um <laughs> it's got to be on your list it's 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 the hso the HSO is it is a uh, a beloved one of mine i do love that yeah. one it's 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 yeah i think that's the that's a deep I cut think, one we should tell people deep, what that is <laughs> yeah so let, to set it up it was a film that was before they did digital shorts adam mckay when he was head writer made this film and it's uh it's it focuses on ben stiller saying that he could pick anybody up with three lines right and he's telling horatio <laughs> sands and jimmy fallon and uh, it is a it is a skit where Jimmy Fallon doesn't break. Um, and, <laughs> and, and so they say you could pick anybody up. Well, how about you go pick up Glenn Fry? <laughs> and they turn around and it's Glenn Fry's Glenn, walking room, but it's Will Ferrell is yeah, Glenn, Ferrell Glenn Fry. But he looks exactly like exactly Glenn like, Fry. Like Smuggler's Blues. Right. Glenn Fry. For a split Tell second, when I show. first saw that yeah. sketch, I was like, did they actually get Glenn Fry for this? That's how much he looked like Glenn Fry. But it's just but the fact that they because he he somehow says the H is O, which the heat is on, which is just ridiculous, and it has possibly one of my favorite lines ever, which is I'm writing a script based stuff with the song Witchy Woman. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's so I used to say that to you all the time. Yeah, like, I I do love that sketch. It's not my yeah. number one. It's mentioned. Okay. Um, and then I just yeah. remembered another, so now I have more than 30. Uh, mm -hmm. So w what are your other top five that you have? Um, I de well, you know, one that I think that will stand the test of time is the Chip and Dales with mm -hmm. uh, Patrick mm -hmm. Swayze and Chris Farley. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just, it's unbelievable. It's so funny. Um, everybody's funny in it. Like, yeah. There's nobody not funny in it. Like, from everybody watching and really... Like it's a really hard decision between Patrick Swayze and Chris Farley, and 
Patrick Swayze's I don't he was really funny in that scene and he's a pretty funny guy I don't I mean mm-hmm. he was a funny guy he didn't do a lot of comedies like that and he really nails it mm-hmm. um and obviously the, the amazing Chris Farley I, I you know I know that maybe Matt Foley I can't pick a Matt Foley I thought was the best except for maybe the one with Christina Applegate yeah that, one's that was the yeah. first one yeah that one's pretty amazing but um but just he's just so funny. It's just it's so he commits himself so much. And for a second there, you think maybe he is going to win. <laughs> so, um, another one of mine's really recent in in the sense of things. But it was the one that kind of gave me the idea to pitch this to you was um, Meet My Second Wife, which was a, a game show hosted with Tina Fey and, and Amy Poehler. And it's about guys that are coming on a game show and don't realize they're about to meet their second wife. While their current wife is in the audience, <laughs> that is that is a to me an all time great, and I I do want to echo what you were saying about um, yeah. the Chippendale sketch, which I do know that uh, Chris Farley and Bob Odenkirk, because some people don't realize Bob Odenkirk worked at SNL for a little bit, but he and Farley originated that character in Chicago at Second City, uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, they they brought it to SNL. And um, they didn't like Chippendale. Uh, they thought it sort of just played up, oh, you know, Chris Farley, this amazing, brilliant talent, is just playing the fat guy. Uh, I didn't take it that way. And I think the acting in that sketch is impeccable from every person, Everybody. including, Everybody. like, the judges watching, because they are watching so intently. Yes. And, yes. like, they really, really sell the hell out of this is a hard choice. It's got to be Bill Hartman's it, one of the judges, right? It was Jan Hooks, Kevin Nealon, and Mike Myers. And they sell they sell their part so well, and Patrick Swayze is sweating that performance the entire time. He's looking, he, he is selling the hell out of it, too, because he's looking over he looks, at Chris Farley like, oh, my gosh, he's winning this. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, looked, it's so, 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 so yeah, good. So good. One of the best. What else do you have <laughs> after yeah. the uh, yeah, Meet My Second like, Wife? Or Meet My Second Wife, yeah. Another one, just kind of an honorable mention, but I love it, was um, the Black Jeopardy they did. Yes. Tom, that's, Tom yeah. Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some of the best lines. I mean, if when they... Keenan, I don't... At this point now, I don't know how you can't say he's the best cast member ever when you think about the amount of work he's done. And I mean, I know just because he's been on the show so long, but he's just so funny. He and is, he yeah. He has so, so many moves. Ex- he gets so excited every time that Tom Hanks says something that he's like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, he's amazing. Uh, Keenan yeah. is, is really one of the best. Um, yeah. He's an all-star cast member. I, I feel like if someone says, like, who, what 16-person all-star cast uh, would you put together? And I think he is a must-have on that cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's, there's no question. Yeah. Um, like, like I will die on that hill. Yeah. And then um, it, it, it was hard to pick which one, but like, as much as I want to say Lazy Sunday, because it basically invented right. uh, um, mm-hmm. YouTube, I'm going to go with I'm on a boat. Like, it's just... <laughs> I do love I'm on a boat. It's my favorite. I just I know every word to it. Yeah, I love sing. It's a good song. The thing is, it's a good song, mm-hmm. and so. That, well, it sounds it, like a real T Pain song. Like it, it is, is is actually less ridiculous than uh, "Blame It on the Alcohol." 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, you know, I, well, I, 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 every line is like really foul language, so I won't do that to the podcast today. But, <laughs> 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 uh, but I, I love it when Yorma raps. I like the way Yorma raps. So it's a Kiva, it's a Kiva, not Yorma. So. Yeah, yeah, Kiva, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, then my, my last one, you know, I, I think that the impact of the show is, is universal, and I think that there are moments where like it transcends pop culture Mm -hmm. and when you think about a certain actor who's won an oscar who's been in tons of movies um such an iconic person but when christopher walken dies (laughs) they will say no more cowbell right right because that's it is you can as a musician i cannot play a gig and people don't ask me to play cowbell or Ask for "Don't Fear the Reaper." It's I mean, it's got to be more common now than Freebird. It is. It is. As a musician, I get I get cowbell way more than Freebird. And it's like, why? What's the why? You <laughs> why would you say it to a guitarist? Yeah. Well, I don't know. But no, you, but you would say, say yeah, yeah, yeah. You would say like, you well, know, Freebird. If you're talking yeah. to a guitarist. But uh, no. But I mean, yeah. it's but it but is, you're right. I mean, you know. It's so funny. He's so funny in it. And it's just, it's Will Ferrell, like, at top form. Yeah. Like, the fact that his shirt doesn't cover his belly, the wig. <laughs> Which was a between dress and, and live choice that Will Ferrell made. And Will Ferrell doesn't necessarily remember it, because Jimmy Fallon interviewed him recently, and he pointed out that he he changed his, his shirt, and Will Ferrell was oh sort of God. like... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's, you know, it's just, I mean, like, the whole idea and that, that they had, a, they have a person that all he plays is the cow dog. And mm-hmm. so, it's just ridiculous. It's, it is really one of the most delightful sketches that has, has ever aired yeah, on, just, uh, on SNL. And it's the level of commitment from both Walken and Farrell that, that sold it. And Parnell. I think uh, Parnell is Parnell's so good in that he he's so good. I love Catan in it. He's the lead guitarist. Mm -hmm. He just sells it. And then Jimmy Fallon's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon and Horatio giggling because they can't help it. Yeah. Um, I wonder when Lauren started being okay with people breaking because that was that seemed to be a thing he hated more going further back, but started accepting more. Fallon (laughs) said. That Lauren would still be like, can you try to keep it together? <laughs> you know, like, can you not, can you just, like, he didn't seem to love it or, or be okay with it so much. But I do think that the attitude was, hey, you're laughing at something that is funny. It's when you're laughing at something that's not funny. That's a problem. And um, mm. that makes a lot of sense because that's when people aren't taking it seriously. When they're just like, well, whatever. And the times that I've seen that are the times that I get upset. But yeah. um, that's rare and happened more in the 70s and early 80s than it's happened since 86. Sorry, I'm going to throw out a bunch of sketches and I'm going to just mention the highlights. It's not going to be top five. It's not going to be in order because I don't know how to order these. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start with honorable mentions. David S. Plumpkins, McGruber. Yes. Two Wild and Crazy Guys, Bahwee Sings, 
the Monday Night Football with OJ <laughs> after he got off, and then he was drawing on the on the board like uh, the moves that the team was gonna make, and he ended up drawing out. I did it. Um, scared straight because again, Keenan Thompson was always so good in those. And uh, and Jason Sudeikis found a weird angle to come in, like a just funny, weird in a good way, uh, angle to come in and just like whenever you just plop down on the, oh, the, <laughs> the desk. desk. Oh yes, gosh, he's funny, man. Uh, I I have some love for Bear Town. This is at the bottom of of the mm. whatever list, but I started to kind of like Bear Town, even though it was completely ridiculous. Um, the hot tub. Which they, they only put Bear Town in there because of uh, uh, Ashley Simpson. <laughs> I th- that's I think that's the one where when oh, when she was yeah, lip syncing and yeah, oh. the, the, the quote unquote laryngitis, aka she was lip syncing mm-hmm. <laughs> and got caught and and danced a jig off the set. <laughs> so all of a sudden they had some extra time to fill, so they did Bear City. <laughs> <laughs> Bear City. I loved Bear City. Um I just really grew to just have a such a fascination with that. Um uh Hot Tub, uh Meet oh, My yeah. Second Wife is not an honorable mention. That one is I just ended up writing that late. Uh and Black Jeopardy, also not an honorable mention. Um uh and oh something just came to mind and it I'm blanking on it and it's like one that I'm like gonna be upset about if i don't remember it um to to mention oh dang it's not coming to me here's one that's a deep cut that i love it's from the 70s it's a fake commercial with bill murray it's hard to find it's called swill oh my mm. god i love swill. oh god yeah. that was my favorite line as a little kid yes. was when i i saw yes. that and i always loved the Cause it, so for people who don't know, swill was like, it was basically water from a spring, but it was, it was like disgusting, disgusting water from probably like, I guess, I don't know if they're going for like Jersey or whatever, some reference yeah. that I didn't get as a kid. And so the water was like thick and congealed like- and not water. It was like molasses, but clear. And you could see dirt in it and grime and nails and stuff like that like bottle caps and he was pouring it into a glass and then at the end of the commercial he goes i like mine with a twist and i just thought that was the funniest thing ever because it was just like commercials (laughs) i love that subtle humor i was kayaking on a lake and like all i could think of was swill because i was like i don't want to drink this water (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh yeah, Colonel Langus is another yeah. uh another one I love uh Chippendales Matt Foley the first one uh the dance the the Steve Martin and Gilda Radner that mm, one that one's great. a highlighted one for me definitely top 5 like uh, it it yeah. I think it's so funny but it, there's something so sweet about it and uh it it really Hits me in a lot of different ways, so that's definitely a top five. They replayed it because Steve Martin was hosting the first episode after she passed, right? Mm. And so they replayed that one, right? I've seen it so many times. I love it. I just shared it with people on Twitter the other day. I love it so much. Uh, Lazy Sunday, Lazy Sunday, so good. I remember the first time I saw it. 
uh, uh, Rob and I were living together in, in Greenville and there's a snowstorm. So we went to his parents' house cause we had lost power and we watched SNL uh, cause his parents had power and uh, Jack Black was hosting and that came on and we were dead silent through it because it blew our minds. And then when it ended, I, I loved it. And I didn't know if anyone else did because we were all were so silent through it. And I, I remember saying, did anyone else love that as much as I did? And you were like, Rob, you were like, I did. <laughs> I did love yeah. that. It was, it was something that was so... And it's not even looking back. It's not my favorite of Lonely Islands. Mine probably would be I'm on a boat. But... That one was just the one that set it off. And, and like, I don't have experiences like that with comedy so much uh, where I'm like, it's a crystallized moment where I remember yeah, what was going on. I remember that, but I have that several with, with uh, several songs, but I don't have that with, with sketches <laughs> and I have it with that. And that makes it really special. So that's probably mm-hmm. one that should be a top five. For whatever reason, I wasn't able to watch that episode of SNL live. I caught it late. Mm-hmm. And you pretty much immediately sent me an email, because I think it was before texting was really universal. Right. So you like sent me an 05, email. That, yeah, and you just said the chronic what kills of Narnia. And I was like, huh? <laughs> 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 All right, so just to finish the list. Dick in a box. What's yeah. up with that? But the one with Mindy Kaling. Because that was the one where there were so many subtle things happening in the background that I noticed. Like, every person in that sketch crushes. And they crush it like they are the focal point of the sketch. But they don't step on anyone. They don't step on, like, Keenan's toes or anything. They just give full energy for their thing. And and it's like so like the way Fred Armisen just stands when he plays the fake plays the instrument. Jason, um, Jason, you know when you get married, I'm going to dress like Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> you might have to fight I, Trey for that. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna do the dance. We can do. We can do. Yeah. Let's go slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> he goes in slow motion. But even the background <laughs> singers are perfect. Like the way Jenny Slate. Was just like moving her hair. Everyone, it was like everyone studied tape to know yes. exactly what to do. That is one of the best sketches that they've ever done. And there's some crazy subtle moment that we're at the end where Bill Hader <laughs> is all like pretending to be as Lindsey Buckingham, who uh, <laughs> got fired from Fleetwood Mac. Um, he's yeah. like acting mad, and then he like cheers up. And then when the music starts, there's a moment he it's so subtle, I just happen to notice it. He like taps her on the hand and then does a gesture with his hand with his hand to say like, "Come on, let's go dance." And he doesn't say anything. He just ju- does this gesture and he gets up and starts dancing and I'm like, "Who thinks of that?" <laughs> it's such a subtle ridiculous thing to put into this sketch and it's just this, this, it's really one of the best sketches that show has ever done because of how much work everyone put into it. Uh, Brian yeah. Fellows, pro- that would be... Yeah. I love it. I love the character. I never necessarily... I, this is also kind of like the Falconer. I love mm. the Falconer character, but I'd probably end up putting them in honorable mention simply because uh, 
like the sketches weren't necessarily things where I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I was more like into the character, into mm-hmm. the bit than anything mm-hmm. else. Well, and I, 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 one I struggled with, but I, you know, I, now that you say that, it's the other greatest Tracy Morgan skit, which is Astronaut Jones. Astronaut Jones, Astronaut yeah. Jones that one and does. It's the one, with, to, yeah. it's the one with Britney Spears because all yeah. these kisses he does on the whole song, and he's like, she says something to him, and he's like, girl, all I'm thinking about is getting you pregnant. <laughs> yeah, that one deserves. Was it that too. the first time he did the "I'm gonna get somebody pregnant" bit? I don't know. I don't know. I don't and there was also where he was the homeless man talking about a doo doo pie, singing about a doo doo pie to her. And I, that was another one that came to mind when I was putting this together. It was just like him singing that so sincerely. It was so funny to me. Um, uh, the first Debbie Downer, all of them, but the first one yeah. really killed it for me. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult, um, Talking It Up with the very good talk show. Oh, I love man. those. I didn't yeah. even put that down, but it's, yeah, that's great. It's, I love no, that one. Some of those was I just couldn't decide which one I'd like step on. Like, I couldn't figure out which one was yeah. the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mentioned the Falconer. Dissing Your Dog is one of my <laughs> favorites. I think it's just so <laughs> weird. It's Will Ferrell. It's Will Ferrell. Right. Um, and, uh, and there's another one with, uh, it's and it's like Parnell being great in that, but um, another Will Ferrell one where it's, uh, <laughs> it's like a law firm. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, you wouldn't let a man take a crap on your lawn. Oh yeah. So why yeah. would you let a dog? It's so insane, and they commit, <laughs> man. They no, commit I, so hard. Do you remember? Oh my god, no, the one where Will Ferrell tells uh, Chris Parnell that they lost his baby. Yeah. Oh god. I that is. I can't believe I forgot <laughs> I that because that baby. one is this one is of so my favorites. Oh, gosh. I cannot believe that there's so many that came to mind that that one slipped my mind. And that one is arguably a top five for me. I love that sketch because, oh, gosh, when Tim Meadows comes in, it's like there's nothing that can be done for your son. But I can do the robot. And he does a bad version of the robot. And then says, and then, like. Shaking out his tie very or his jacket very seriously, uh, that'll be four thousand dollars. And then he walks yeah. around, and Parnell, as always, just like cool as a cucumber, completely straight face. But Molly Shannon is losing it, <laughs> and so is Will Ferrell, who rarely lost it, except for like that uh, clothing store sketch he would lose it in that but he there are not many other times where he would laugh where he would break but he was losing it in that one but um like i lost your baby just like he was was losing on that Um, the funny thing about that parnell uh, taking a dump like he's a dog is there's actually a real series of commercials out now or maybe not a series but it's i can't remember if it's a dog food commercial or what it is exactly but it's almost that same premise, just not as ridiculous as a, a grown man taking a dump in the in the yard. Oh goodness! All right, um, just to move on because I I, Sorry, I don't want to yeah, go too long with this. I I mean it's yeah. fine that we're talking about it, but I just like oh man, I have too many. I'm only mad at myself. Um, so this yeah, is your dog, sweaty balls, ladies oh, man, God. bad hmm. idea jeans, mom hmm. jeans, uh, just <laughs> pump it. 
which is a pump kind of a deep cup. Pump, pump it up. It. Yeah. Pump it up. <laughs> um, okay, this one has an asterisk. Uh, Brokaw pre-tapes. The one where he's <laughs> pre-taping... That's on my list. Gerald Ford senselessly died today. Ridiculous sketch. But it, it has an asterisk because... It aired it on was, the day the Carvey show. Well, first. it didn't... It, <laughs> I think it got canceled. It maybe didn't technically air on the Dana Carvey oh. show, but it was filmed for the Dana Carvey show, and then it they ended up just using it on on SNL, um, which I'm glad because it's really a great sketch. But that one's so great. Um, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, um, Wayne's World. Uh, I mean, I still, when I'm checking a mic, if, if I'm in a sibilance. room with people like sibilance. 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 I do that all the time and I never noticed people do it and then I moved up here and I've noticed some other people do it and I'm like yeah that's my dude right there <laughs> yeah. whoever that guy is if somebody, uh, when I do it at a sound check and somebody laughs I'm like you're good, you're good. Yeah. I like you uh, Natalie raps oh, I sh- loved Natalie Portman rapping and Natalie raps the Lazy Sunday I loved that bit so much um and I was like the only one, but uh, no, no. <laughs> our, our best, I kept sharing it with people, and they never laughed as hard as, no. as we did. Best Clay best was other... rapping it last night when we were doing yeah. game night. He, he oh, does I didn't the mean whole that. thing. He does. He can do the whole thing. He can. He's Natalie, done that whole rap. You yeah. are a badass bitch. <laughs> Hell yeah! I always pay for the dry cleaning when shit gets in my shoes. I don't know why he chose to do that, but it's you're No, I can't vouch for that. My, my dick, dick is scared is of you. Okay, <laughs> so no, but... I, and I, I talk about how much I love Natalie Portman rapping, but I do his part. <laughs> <laughs> When I was at Harvard, I smoked weed every day. day. <laughs> oh, gosh. So good. And another great Chris Parnell, too. Straight man. Yeah. Yes, he, God bless. Yeah. He <laughs> didn't no, have a smooch with any guy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No, I, I, love, I love Andy Samberg dressed as a Viking for no yeah. reason. <laughs> for no yeah. reason. Oh, gosh. So good. Uh, um, so there, there's, there's that. Chopping broccoli. Oh, So yeah. good. Uh, and uh, the H is O is yeah. one uh, I'll just mention again because I didn't love that one. And uh, and I'm on a boat. And that's uh, those are mine. Um, I that one that I blanked on um, has not come back to mind. But there is a yet another one uh, that uh, <laughs> I forgot. So that's over thirty that yeah. I uh, <laughs> that I it's, adore. Yeah, I had five, and I could easily went probably went up to thirty. Like just silly bitch. Oh yeah, right. and this and this. I uh, the Californians. A while you two are talking. Yeah, <laughs> the Californians is also one that I would that I enjoy just because uh, I think the actors are funny. Yeah. Uh, I think the bit is funny. I think the the story behind the bit is funnier because <laughs> the story behind the bit was just that Fred Armisen was just doing that with Bill Hader. They just started saying telling. They recognize that people will say how they got somewhere a lot in South Carolina, in South Carolina, in California, and uh, so they just started doing that around the office, and then somebody wrote it. So, <laughs> yeah, that, so, so to, that that experience happened to me. It was after the Californians was a sketch, and I was I told you this story before, Jason, but I was at a tennis tournament, 
in uh, the the Palm Spring. It was the Indian Wells tournament, and we were in the mm-hmm. box, uh-huh. and just a few people were talking, and all of a sudden, a couple people, my friend David and a couple other people, started talking about when they go to Vegas. And they started talking about how they drive. And it was like, well, when I go, I take the blah, 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 and the blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And, well, when I do it, (laughs) it's the such and such. And so this lady was walking by and overheard this and just looked and started grinning and went, and I don't think they noticed it, but the lady went, what are you looking at? (laughs) (laughs) Looking at but like the whole time I've been in LA, that was the conversation. It was like, what's the best way to get there? Well, you should take Ventura to the. <laughs> oh gosh, four hundred five is four hundred five and Ventura are the only ones I know. I got when I went to California for the first time. I got so excited to get on the four hundred five. It was like it was sad how excited I was to get on the four hundred five. My wife was like, "Four hundred five, yeah." Um, we were actually. I, I adore that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so those are mine. And uh, right. I, I also would throw in, just because I love Kristen Wiig, uh, Kristen Wiig is so good. Oh. I did not originally like Gilly, and then I started liking Gilly because of how great Kristen Wiig is. So uh, I still don't like I, the I, sketch, but, but, but Keenan in those sketches, to me, is always... Keenan was... Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the one that Clay wanted me to really mention was... Um, the Lawrence Welk. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, those are great. The, she has the baby hands. <laughs> so I owe it to Clay because I promised him I would say something about that one because he loves the baby hands. No, that's a great one. She's great in that. I think she's amazing. I think she's a superstar. And um, oh, you know, another more recent one because uh, I love Kate McKinnon is uh, uh, the the alien abduction one. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. And, the first um, one in particular. Yeah. And uh, there's also... I mean, well, we can go on and on. I just won't... Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got, like, we only got Trey go, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need to talk anymore. Yeah. Right, Trey, uh, what are yours? And, and you, I'll, I'll start with my honorable mentions, and there's a handful of deep cuts in here. Uh, so, obviously, whenever they did really on SNL was funny, yes. whether it was Seth and Amy or just Seth. But the one that I put on my honorable mention is really with Seth and Kermit. Kermit the Frog. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Kermit doing it was just ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's a far that's a far brother favorite then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course Lazy Sunday's on my list. Um, I remember Jason trying to do uh, Mr. Pibb with red vines because of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I don't like red vines. vines. <laughs> yeah. Red vines are not good. And Black Jeopardy <laughs> with Tom Hanks, of course. When they've done their Schoolhouse Rock parodies, mm. those are on point. Um, and then another deep cut, and it's I guess I like a lot of the musical stuff they do. There's this one, and I couldn't even find it anywhere on the internet that's how deep of a cut it is but it was maya rudolph and tracy morgan on a subway train singing but they were like basically just trading jabs at each other and <laughs> talking about <laughs> how sorry the other one was <laughs> uh, i remember that one oh. and uh mcgruber is mm-hmm. on there and there's no you can't really point to any particular mcgruber because of how they go 
Right. But yeah. I, even though it's a it's technically a one trick pony, just like the Falconer, which is also on my list. Even though those are two one trick ponies, it's what they do, like Jason said, with the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the premise of each particular set of MacGrubers. <laughs> Like he's racist in this one, or he's got body dysmorphia and keeps getting plastic surgery. <laughs> and he just keeps spiraling. Oh, out. Will, Will Forte, man, he's a champ. Yeah, and the Falcon, or what I loved about it is, is all these adventures with the Falcon that are the most ridiculous adventures. And the one that was always my favorite was when Nia Vardalos hosted, and the mm-hmm. Falconer was on the Falcon was on a date with her. And they brought out a fake Alaska. And so because it was on fire, the Falcon just got scared and went, Hey! Hey! Starts flapping his wings and leaves. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a great one. And uh, Bill Murray, the lounge singer. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, that was one I thought of mentioned. Nothing but Star Wars. I was I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they pointed out if you listen to Fat Guy in a Little Coat, it's basically just Chris Farley doing Bill Murray, you know, because it's kind of like yeah. Fat no, guy that's that, and I've had that Star influence. Wars. That's yeah. like the reason I started I started doing some bit at birthdays, singing the birthday song as Bill Murray because I didn't ever enjoy singing the birthday song otherwise. <laughs> That's uh, the Bill Murray influence in my life. Yeah. And I, while we were talking, I just remembered I never mentioned the Coneheads. That Coneheads yeah. has to go on there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Super Basomatic, 76. Oh, yeah. That's oh, a good one. He that is one it. of the greats. He drinks now, That's good bass. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I will probably, I mean, I think Gilda was the best out of that first cast, but I think he was the second best. I think yeah. he had. I think Ackroyd was really like so clutch. Mm-hmm. Jason, you ignorant slut. <laughs> 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 and uh, an- another honorable mention, which references something else that's in my top ten, is uh, not going to phone it in tonight. <laughs> oh, that's oh, so good. That such a good. I, I guess I wasn't thinking because it's a monologue, but that is yeah, such a good such one. Such a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is that the he's... one where um, uh, Tim Meadows says like, "Why did I sign a forty-year contract?" Contract. Yeah, because it was right after he said, "I'm not in the show." <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it's Bill such Hartman a long who's time. like, I'm not going to put on the makeup, and he's like, nah, maybe you should. Yeah, and he's like, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then it's uh, live from New York. Line? <laughs> Steve Martin will go down for me as the best host of that show ever. And there have yeah. been some amazing hosts. All the ones who are in the five timers club deserve to be in mentioned in that discussion but yeah. steve martin's best for me oh yeah oh yeah and uh another deep cut and is also an opening monologue joseph gordon levitt doing make him laugh that was great yeah i saw I that, that actual uh, for the first time uh i saw that actual clip um when i was in south carolina it was just on uh that movie was on and i was like oh yeah this is the thing. <laughs> yeah that's what he was doing yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew yeah. that he was taking it from somebody. I just never seen it, the original. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing yeah. movie. That's an amazing movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, last on the honorable mention list is another uh, is a cold open, and another musical one is the one where it's Kristen Wiig, Amy Poehler, and Maya Rudolph, and the, and it's a Christmas episode, and they're all talking about their boyfriend and how their oh. guy's gonna do whatever, and then it's Santa's it's Santa. my boyfriend. That one is really really <laughs> yeah. good. And yeah. The way they harmonize for live from New York. Yeah. Yeah. That is Those great. are also great. I mean, you know. Well, you know, Maya's amazing. Yeah. And who else? Uh, what else do you have? Uh, so now I've got my top 20. That was all honorable mention. Oh okay. All so right. so top 20. Number 20. And I'm surprised neither of you named anything from this era. But uh, Men Synchronized Swimming. Oh. Yeah, I do love that. <laughs> I do love just, that. Martin Short is the dim-witted guy. And Martin those Harry, Harry so Shearer bits in general were just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. I, I just remembered uh, another one I should have mentioned that you're going to mention. But go ahead. Okay. Uh, number 19 is Chippendale. So you two covered that pretty well. Uh, number 18 for me is the very first What's Up With That. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and the reason why I named the phrase, because it's the first. Because after that, you kind of couldn't quite match that same uh, magic, even though it, it always... Who showed up in that first one? I don't even remember, because it's more of Keenan's lines that put that as number one, as, as the one to put on the list for me. In particular, <laughs> that was really that good. Uh, went downtown to a party. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the guy, can I get in? I said, five dollars. I said, never mind. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh that's good number number 17 consumer probe is the one where dan Aykroyd's selling the Proking clearly glass. dangerous yeah <laughs> toys. trying to say like yeah like a toy phone will choke you could choke on that yeah he's yeah. he's great in that mm-hmm. and blues brothers number 16 oh gosh yeah damn yeah. <laughs> There's so many that I forgot. Man. I know. Yeah, that's the thing with the, with Saturday Night Live. So many great ones. And then number five, 15 is Chopping Broccoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 is my Debbie Downer, the first one, of course. Uh, Horatio Sands laughing so hard, he's wiping his eyes with a <laughs> waffle. <laughs> and uh, uh, 13 is where I put Colonel Angus. <laughs> <laughs> Which Tina Fey wrote. Yeah. Of course she did. Yeah. Uh, Number 12 is Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. I loved that as a kid. Yeah, that's a great one. I found the place it was based on in Chicago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's the place? It's it's I it, it, it just advertises it's the cheeseburger 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 place. Like, it's, <laughs> I, I can't remember the name of it, but it just advertises. I walked by, I was like, what? And it's yeah, it's what the character he based it off of was. No Coke, Pepsi. Yep. <laughs> uh, number eleven's two wild and crazy guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number ten is where I put Tom Brokaw's pre-tapes because mm-hmm. it's the most ridiculous thing. It was so ridiculous. My grad school friends and I were quoting it all the time. And when Gerald Ford died in real life, one of my friends sent me, sent a group of us the email, Gerald Ford died senselessly tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that? We gotta find out. Is that Adam McKay? That has to be Adam McKay. No, that's uh, that's one of the Dan Harvey Show staff. That was um, probably like Smigel. Smigel and them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 
It's just ridiculous. And they had a ridiculous and, cast, man. And, and bro, bro uh, you know, Carvey as Brokaw, like, oh, that that's not true. What, how, what are the chances of that? It's like you want you want Brian Williams to be the one to break the news. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, number nine, James Brown, Celebrity Hot Tub. Oh God! How did I forget that one too? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I know it's hard, man. It's number hard. coming in at number eight is uh, another musical Steve Martin with King Tut. Oh yeah, the classic. Yeah. Classic. Born in Babylonia, moved to Arizona. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> number, good. Yeah, number seven is where I put more cowbell. Uh, number six is the the Wayne's World with Madonna. Oh, oh yeah. that is a classic one. Oh yeah, that was a Look big at the moment. unit on that guy. <laughs> yeah. Is that Prince? <laughs> uh, number five, nobody can beat my sweaty balls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, number four is where I put Matt Foley, and and of course it's the first one with Christina Applegate and. Dave, <laughs> David Spade, Spade trying his damnedest to not be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and Christina Applegate pulled it together in time to say, I want to live in a van down by the by river. The river. <laughs> <laughs> She's a great. She is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three, My Lonely Island top 20 is Dick in a Box. Mm. Mm. I do love that one. And, is and that part technically, the, I guess that is a, a Lonely Island one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one is that one's so good. Yeah, watershed and then, moment. Uh, and, good. And there is that moment where they they sang the line and dig in a box, <laughs> and then they all, everything just paused and went silent, and it felt like all of this pent up energy that the entire audience felt from the ridiculousness yeah. of this sketch they start just came clapping. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the line that you always love because of how ridiculous it was when he's listing all the places for dick in a box is backstage at the <laughs> cma <laughs> backstage at the cma no, why would so you favorite, do <laughs> my favorite Maya rudolph moment ever is when she just opens the box and looks at him and says thank you like <laughs> I do too. Uh, I do too. Yeah. And what else you got, Trey? Number two, White Like Me, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that uh, was the one I was like, oh, how do I, uh, <laughs> when I interjected a couple minutes ago, it was yeah. the one I was meaning. Yeah, because it's like the ridiculousness. Of, but, it, but it also, there's truth to it. Yeah. Which, especially now, is really relevant. I think well, that in was some his ways Clayton more relevant Bigsby. now than then. That was like, yeah. that was to him what Clayton Bigsby was to Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, it's something that 20 years later, 30, 40 years later, people talk about because it was that good for that reason. Like, it was funny, but also, like, people know it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number one for me is word association. Yeah. Richard Pryor. Richard Which Pryor is that? so good. That's the one with oh, uh, Eddie, oh, with uh, Chevy. Chevy right Chasing, oh. yeah. <laughs> it was like <laughs> n-word dead honky yeah, yeah that one <laughs> yeah you gotta you, yeah yeah man that all of that start just pretty simple cat dog yeah <laughs> day <laughs> night yeah 
it's interesting yeah. like looking at our, our, our likes like there, there are some that are more modern but you definitely have more of like the traditional skits i don't know if that's just because of when we came into saturday night live and when you came into it or or just the the significance of it it's interesting because i definitely I, I i like a lot of those but like i they didn't come to they come to mind as like oh yeah those are like the classic ones right but they're not the ones that necessarily i really like right. laugh about they are like yeah yeah yeah. everyone mentions king tut <laughs> like that's the that's an obvious one that's an obvious one. but it is hilarious but it is hilarious <laughs> and it is yeah. delightful and it does deserve to be in the top 10 mm-hmm. um fantastic es- es- yeah especially when he does that move with his hands yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think oh, the other thing for oh, me is tut. In terms of age, I should have been coming of age in Saturday Night Live in the Dana Carvey era. Yeah. But our parents were super uh, strict with bedtimes. Mm. So we weren't staying up for Saturday Night Live in that era. But that's when Nick at Night started at becoming you know, a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they would do like the half hour original cast Saturday Night oh, Lives. And they sense. would do the uh, SCTV after that. Right, and so and that's I how Jason and I got regularly. Hooked on and, and, it's, and this <laughs> right. is this is and what I got hooked on was um, watching it on on Comedy Central. Yeah, and it was they, but they only played like from basically Mike Myers on, like it was pure nineties. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't yeah. they didn't play a lot of the classic ones. Yeah, so like, we saw those classic yeah. ones, and um, but what was funny is that those were like school nights. <laughs> Yeah, it was like 10 and 10.30. That was the hour for SNL. <laughs> right, and that's CTV. Uh, we were watching those on a school yeah. night up from 10 to 11. That's insane. But but struggling, <laughs> struggling, struggling to stay awake to watch those. And uh, But while my classmates were singing Chopping Broccoli and I had no idea what they were talking about, I was singing King so Tut, and they so had no idea what I was We couldn't talking. stay up from 11.30 to 1 on a Saturday night, but could stay up until 11 p.m. on a school night. <laughs> my, my parents let me stay up till 11 on school nights. That was fine. Yeah, so your parents weren't terrible. No, they weren't. I just think it's funny that they were okay with that, but not okay no, with the double standard. <laughs> with the late actually, night on Saturday, our mom wasn't really okay with it. We were we were like on the couch, half sleep, watching SNL, and, and our mom would be like, "Why don't you go to bed?" We're like, "No." Well, I was. I remember watching a lot in the kitchen, just like glued to the television right in the kitchen. Uh, oh man, I tell you, we we really could go on and on with SNL. Um, it's almost like maybe NBC should get their shit together <laughs> and like figure out a way that we could stream all of these episodes whenever we wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if maybe you have, have a, a rights like, issue with music, just change yeah. the music like they do with well, everything else. I think they it? temporarily had like a a website just like SNL dot com or whatever where they had a lot of that, but I, I don't know why they did away with it. One of the so main reasons I want to work at yeah. NBC is so I can get the tapes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I can be like, hey, can I just... Yeah, because uh, I wanted, I actually want to see that Maya Rudolph-Tracy Morgan sketch I was talking about so right. I can actually watch it again. Like, yeah. nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about, nor I do. can I describe it I do remember. Yeah. Those were really fun <laughs> sketches. Those were really nice. Oh, you know one that's really good that we didn't mention... Uh, was a uh, an Eddie Murphy Joe Piscopo one, 
where yeah. uh, Eddie is playing. Uh, is he the? Um, he's just a friend who walks in, and Joe Piscopo's playing a piano player. Uh, that might be right. I didn't know that's the one you were about to talk. I thought about. you were going to go, go with uh, Ebony and Ivory. That yeah, one is the, that thought. one is yeah. definitely a top ten. But a d- for the deep cut for them is that is this one I'm referring to of like. Mm-hmm. It was really I don't know it was, there was something about it where it was like nice funny it was it was like there was something sincere about the sketch that really worked and um, well that same kind of sincerity they played an elderly pair of friends in like the park mm-hmm. uh, Piscopo and Murphy and and it was that same sort of vibe you're describing yeah those are some of the best of, of that whole era that whole five years that that they were or four years that they were together um, mm-hmm. were those sketches. Um, and that's kind of a reason why you only see those sketches <laughs> get you. Yeah. This was yeah. great. This was a great chat. I love these sketches. It was great reminiscing about all of these. Thanks for being on the podcast, fellas. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for yeah. it was fun. the suggestions. Yeah. Rob, you do the honors. Okay, thanks. There it is. There it is. There it is. Jazz hands. King Tut. Oh, no, I lost my breath. <laughs> <laughs> I created something. <laughs> and what a crazy episode. <laughs> and that sketch that slipped my mind and I couldn't recall, it was Annuel, that commercial parody for birth control with Tina Fey. Such a funny sketch. Where It's the one where your period will only come once a year and it's great the whole year but that day that it comes hold on to your effing hat that sketch see there's so many and it's just so easy to forget a lot of greats follow us on social media at there it is pod on twitter facebook and instagram also subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter and links are in bio for all of that go to there it is pod.com to find out more about the newsletter and how to support us really great episode coming up until next time be good to each other The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 